0: Hey, good morning. We are, uh, we're coming to the conclusion uh, of our series, uh, Bringing Sexy Back, and uh, we're really going to spend the morning just kind of saying, so what? Now that I know what I know, now that I've heard what I've heard, so what? What what do I do with that now? And if you've been on the journey uh, with us, you know that all through this series, we've been seeking to answer uh, the fundamental question that simply says this, is sex just sex? Is it, is it just this physical event between two people? Is it just two bodies getting together, rubbing together, making each other satisfied? Is sex just purely a physical event? I mean, and if that's the case, and you realize that's what society is selling, that's what they're offering, that, guys, we shouldn't get hung up about this, this shouldn't be a big deal, that the reality is most of the stuff that makes it hard to navigate sex is stuff we've learned socially, and it, it, it's just Sex. It's no different than carrying out the trash, mowing the lawn. It's, it's just physical. It's no different than walking down an alley and discovering two dogs who then leave and go their separate ways. It's just sex. And what we've discovered and what we've come to understand is that's a lie. That God says, no, 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 no. When I created you, when I made you, I made you different than that. It's why 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says, look, 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 be careful, be careful, be careful how you navigate this moment in your life, your sexuality in your life, because no other decision, no other thing that you will navigate, nothing else that you handle has the ability to impact your life like your sexuality. No other sin is quite like this sin. And God says, because it's not just physical. That the reality is that I created every one of you soulish. That when you, when a man and a woman go to bed together, it's impossible for it to simply be two bodies. Because in that moment, your soul comes along with you. And there is no switch. There's there's no way to turn that off. There's no way to say, no, 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 no. This, this This is just physical. It's just sex. Your soul comes along, and in that moment, your soul is sticky. Your soul is longing to make a connection with another soul. We said that our souls actually long to have sex as much as our bodies do. And so as we get to that moment and as we violate that promise, as we do this indiscriminately, as we take this outside the bounds of what God has prescribed, that our soul doesn't realize the moment. Our soul goes there trying to find connection. And that as I violate that moment, as I run that moment through the ground, I change myself. I do things that will ever, forever cause pain and hurt and harm to my heart. Because it's not just sex. And so what we said is, is that knowing that, and then you and I have a decision. we got to decide, are we going to live this out the way the world lives it out? Are we going to spend our time in the little bed? The bed of society that says, no, 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 this is, this, is, this is just physical. Or do I realize and do I now begin to navigate my sexuality to the big bed in which it says... This encounter, this amazing moment between a man and a woman, is more than just two bodies, it's two souls. And that what happens in that moment, amidst everything else, is a, are you ready? Promise given. It's a play acted out between a man and a woman, which simply says this to our hearts, that in the same way you and I are one in this moment, physically, my covenant and my promise to you is that one day our souls will be one too. We've talked about the idea that when I get out of bounds, when I try to take this thing and say, look, 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 I'm just just, going to do my own thing. I can't trust that that's how it shows up. I can't trust that God delivers on that. So I'm going to take my sexuality, and I'm going to live that out kind of separately from the rest of my life, and I'm going to try to put it in a box. And we discovered that there is no box because you and I are not a dresser of drawers. There's no compartment to stick my sexuality in in which it will not spill out through the rest of my life. And we also talked about pornography and the idea that says, once I get in, once I go there, once I allow that to become a part of me, you realize it escalates. That the very nature of pornography is such that there is the law of diminishing returns, that what excited me a week ago, what excited me a month ago will not excite me tomorrow. And that it will always demand that I go further and deeper and harder. And those of you that have experimented, and those of you that have dabbled, and those of you have lived a lifetime in it know exactly what I'm saying. And what you're looking at today is not what you looked at yesterday. It escalates. Now, here's my fear. My fear is, is that we've done this whole journey. We have spent this time together, and we are simply better informed. That we walk out of this room and go, okay, okay, thanks. Thanks for the warning. Thanks for the information. I think I can navigate this better. And that you and I do not change, but simply decide to manage. The reality is, every one of us will walk out of this room and will face a lifetime of temptation in this area of our life. We will. I don't care what level you're Somewhere, sometime, some moment, you'll be tempted in this arena of your life. And what you choose to do, how you respond to that moment, will forever change you. See, we're going to be tempted to go, no, 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 no. This is something that as long as I can, as long as I can minimize my failure, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I could be pretty satisfied with that. And here's what you and I have got to grab today. Here's, what, here's why today becomes a so what moment in our lives. Temptation and sexual sin is not a management issue. It's a win or lose issue. You will, you will either find in this topic of your life, depending on how you navigate the temptation in this part of your life, life and joy, and success, or pain, and scars, and disappointment, there is not middle ground. There's more at stake than you realize. So here's what I want us to do today. I want us just to talk about, okay, so now what? We all know we're going to get tempted. We all know we're going to have to navigate this. How big a deal is that? And so I just want us to take a few moments today and go through the anatomy of a temptation. This is is what it looks like to be tempted in this area of my life. And and here's what I'm hoping. As we do this, chances are, as we go through the steps that happen in every one of our hearts as this issue comes up in our lives, you're going to see yourself. You're going to go, oh, that's exactly the step I'm on. That's exactly how involved I am. That's how far I've come on this issue. And in that moment, you and I are going to have the opportunity to make a decision that says, and where do I go next? Next. How, how much further, how much longer do I play this game in my life? So grab your Bibles this morning. We're just going to take a look. We're going to go to the book of James, which really just spells out the steps of temptation in our lives and what happens along the way. And you and I are going to see ourselves in James' description. If you're not real familiar, if you go to the back of your Bible and then work to the left, you're going to find this book of James. It's James chapter 1. James chapter 1. We'll start in verse 13. Here's what it simply says. Watch and see if you find yourself in here. James chapter 1, verse 13. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone else. Get ready. But each one is tempted when by their own evil desire, he is dragged away, step number one, and enticed, step number two, and then after desire has conceived, step number three, it gives birth to sin, step number four, and when sin is full grown, it gives birth to death. Step number five. So let's just go through. We'll take a look at the steps. We'll figure out maybe what's going on with us and what we ought to do next. Let's go back. Verse 14, But each one is tempted when he, by his own evil desire, is dragged away. Interesting phrasing, dragged away. What does that mean? Maybe a better way of saying that would be when he, when she is curious. Curious. When he gets just a little too close, when he goes, no, 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 I'm not going to do anything. I, I, I'm just going to go look. It's that whole idea of sliding to the edge. I'm not going to do anything. Just want to see. Years ago, I'm youth pastoring, and I took a whole group, whole busload of kids. Uh, Up to the Navajo Indian Reservation, and we did a whole week of vacation Bible school and painting houses. Kids had worked their hearts out. Got to the end of the week, and I went to the missionary and said, You know, we we ought to just do something to reward the kids, something that would be fun. Got anything that we could do like that? And he said, Well, there's this canyon uh, that's pretty close. It's called Canyon de Shea, and it's kind of like a mini Grand Canyon, and it's really, really cool. Most people don't have never seen it. They'd be able to go back and say, I saw something most people haven't seen. You, we'll just drive them over there. I go, I yeah, could. Good deal. So we go driving up, get to Canyon de Chez. As I get there, I realize something. Canyon de Chez is not as popular as the Grand Canyon, which simply means this. No one thought about putting up rails. It's just a canyon. I look back in the bus at my high school kids, and I go, all right, all right, all right, all right. Real quick rules, we're all going to stand 15 feet back from the edge, okay? Because there is nothing, there is nothing you can see in the last 15 feet that you need to see. So everybody, there's no rails, we're all, you know, 15 feet back from the edge. Ready? Go. Anybody want to guess? <laughs> I, had, I had kids, I, they weren't just on the edge, they were crawling down the sides of the canyon. I'm running along the edge going, get back, are you crazy? What are you thinking? To which they responded like a typical high schooler, what's wrong with you? I wasn't going to fall. I'm going, are are you crazy? I mean, all it takes is one loose rock. All it takes is one little wind. There is nothing you need to see that you can't see 15 feet back. Some of you in here are going, dumb high schoolers. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm so much older, so much more mature than that. Talk to me about your cable. Talk to me about premium channels. Tell me that's not the edge. You know, right? Talk to me about computers in your house that don't have blockers on them. Talk to me, young lady, who's dating the guy who doesn't know our Jesus. And you know what he wants, and you know where he's gonna pressure, and you know where he's gonna go, but you're not going there, right? Talk to me about the magazines in your closet that you're not going to look at. Talk to me about some of the friends you hang out with and what happened the last time you hung out with them. And based on that, how close is that to the edge? And what you and I are going to learn about temptation is this proximity is everything. Everything. That if you and I really, really get serious about this in our lives, if you and I say, look, 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 I get it. There's more at stake here, and what I do and what I don't do about this has a chance to drastically change my life. So it is crazy for me to live on the edge. It's crazy for me to saunter over and just go. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just looking. Not going to do anything. Really. Verse 14, but each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is curious, edge-sitting, dragged away, and enticed. Isn't that a great word? Enticed. You realize that's a fishing term. Enticed, lured. And, and you get it. You get what, you get what the, the concept is here, the idea is here. It is the job of every fisherman to take one of these and convince the fish in the pond that their life will not be complete. They will never be happy until they have chased the juicy rubber worm. <laughs> you, you realize that? You realize, you realize your life will be empty. You'll be disappointed. Fishy, fishy, fishy. You just don't know what you're missing. Rubber worm. Now, here's the deal. You get that the fisherman doesn't believe the story, right? Because that fisherman spends about 10 minutes with his rubber worm, and it doesn't work. What's he going to do? He's going to switch bait on you. So he, t- he takes the worms, and he, he throws them all, and then, and then I, I, don't, I have no idea what this is. It just says wild cat blood bait. I, maybe, you know. I, so then the fisherman goes, all right, all right, all right. Fishy, fishy, fishy. Your life will never be complete till you have my froggy, froggy, froggy. I I mean, you just, you just, you don't, you. And if that doesn't work, I got orange stuff. I got green stuff. Did you know, there's rainbow stuff. Rainbow stuff. Here's what I have found. No matter what bait a fisherman is fishing with, there's one thing that's indispensable. A hook. This is If, if you and I can get this next part, if, if you and I can understand this enticement stage, it'll change it. Because here's what you need to know. In every one of our lives... There's a fisherman who is willing to lob all sorts of bait in front of us. And he goes, look, 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 you, this is what you need. You need the threesome. That's what you need. No, 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 no. you you got to have that cable channel. No, no, no. Hey, remember that, remember that dating site? Remember that dating site? And you're, you're not going to ever really meet them. You, you're, you're just, you're just going to go on there and talk. Remember that boyfriend doesn't know God? We all know what he wants, but if you can navigate this, you'll find life. And underneath it all, and you just need to, he ain't fishing for you because he loves you. He's your enemy. His name is Satan, and his goal is to run you. And he doesn't care what bait he has to use. The goal is to set the hook. The reality is there's a bunch of us in this room who know exactly what I'm talking about because you've already dabbled. You've already gone. So you already started talking to the person at work. And your heart is already saying, I'm not sure I can be happy at home this may be my one chance. I better take it. Young lady, you're already dating that guy. He 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 is already inviting you. And in your heart, here's the wrestle that's going on. If I say no, he may go. I may never get another chance. And, and, and don't you have to kiss a couple frogs to find your prince? And you took the hook. So here's, wouldn't you love to know the mind of a fish? So I got, No? Okay, all right. Uh, <laughs> here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking there's got to be a moment where the fish thinks it's made the greatest decision of its life. You know, it's sitting there and it's going... <laughs> Man, that is the best hot dog. That is the best worm. But you're right, you, you get the, that lasts about that long. And then the hook sets. And there are some of us right now in this area of sexual sin, and the hook is set. And you've pretty much decided, you've pretty much decided, look look look, I'm hooked. I'm hooked. I mean, that's that's. I'm hooked. So I, I figure I'm probably gonna spend the rest of my life kind of fighting, kind of holding my own, just trying to. Doesn't work. And that shadow you see up ahead is the boat. And this thing's only gonna end one of two ways. If you're hooked, you're gonna find a way to wiggle off the hook, or you're gonna end up in the boat. There's an enemy on the other end of that temptation whose only desire is to destroy you and yours. You and I don't get what's at stake. But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is curious, dragged away, and enticed. And you will, you will never make it. You'll never be happy without this. And then, after desire has conceived, conceived, what's that? That's simply what Jesus was saying in Matthew when he said, Look, you can sin without anybody noticing. Because if you're a man, if you're a woman, and you look on another person with lust in your heart, you've already committed adultery. It's that moment in my heart when I say, Look, look, look. if I could, I would. I'm not going to have the affair, but if I could, I would. And God says, no, 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 you've already, you just decided something. You just, ready, conceived it. Your heart has already turned. It's the guy who says, no, 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 no I'm done, I'm done, I'm done with pornography, I'm just not ready to throw my magazines away yet. <laughs> no, you've, you've conceived it. But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away, curious, and enticed. And then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. I, I'll act it out. I'll end up doing it. And when it is full grown, isn't that interesting? Isn't that an interesting? When it is full grown, see, now this, is, this, this changes thing because you're you and i thought that sin was a moment you you and i thought that sin was a happening okay 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 i spent 30 minutes on i, I did I, 30 minutes on the computer i shouldn't have but i'm ready to get on with my life okay, okay 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 i went to the hotel but i'm done i'm done i'm 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 ready to move on that was yesterday this is today You and I think that sin is a moment. And God says, no, 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 no. Sin is a domino. That when you flip it over, has a life. And hits other dominoes and changes your life. And has a life of its own. And you and I don't get to decide where it stops. When it's full grown, when it runs its way out. It's not 30 minutes. It changes you. It changes everything. And here's what you need to know. There is more at stake when you and I go, oh, no, 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 just this once, just this once. And God says, no, 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 there's more at stake. And here, here's what you need Every time I choose to sin, every time I go, no, 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 this is just who I am, every time I go, I know what God says, but I risk three things. I risk my future, I risk my family. I risk my faith. I know are going. Well, Medellin, come on, come on, come on, come on. Can't be that. It can't be that big. It's that big. Let's see if I can. I risk my fam- I I risk my future. You and I get this in just about every other area of our lives. This is so easy to see in other people. I mean, we look at our neighbor and we watch them make some dumb decision. We go, dude, you realize where that's going to end up? You you realize what's going to happen because you made that decision. We do this with our children all the time, right? We look at the kids that they're playing with and we go, oh my goodness, I I, got to figure out some way for my kid not to play with that kid anymore because we know that one bad relationship has the ability to change the trajectory of someone's life. And and so we go, i got to figure out how to… We think about changing schools for our children, and we go, this could could be really tough because they've got friends, and they've got good friends at that school, and if I change, I I mean, what's that going to do to their heart? And I could change the trajectory… One decision, I could change the trajectory of my child's life. How many times do you and I sit in a movie and we watch the main character in the movie getting ready to make a dumb decision, and you want to get out of your seat and go, don't do it, don't lie, don't lie, don't lie. She's going to find out. Then she's going to break up with you, and it's going to ruin the whole movie. <laughs> don't do that, don't do that. You do that, the bomb's going to blow up. Come on, don't do that, right? How many times? Because you and I get, you and I understand in every other facet of our life that decisions change our future. There's a movie, Sliding Doors. Any of you seen it? Two of us. Good. This is going to hit right home. You're going to get it. (laughs) Deeply impacting. (laughs) It's a movie uh, that Gwyneth Paltrow, I think it was Gwyneth Paltrow, made before Gwyneth Paltrow was Gwyneth Paltrow. And uh, the basic concept of the movie is simply this. Uh, She gets off work a little bit early one day, starts heading home to her boyfriend. In one scenario, she gets to the subway station, gets to the train, and the door closes just as she gets up to the ramp, and she misses the train, so she gets home 20 minutes later. Then the movie backs up and plays through again, and in this time, she gets to the train, the door is just barely cracked. She gets her fingers, and she opens the door. She gets on the train. She gets home 20 minutes earlier. And when she gets home, she finds her boyfriend with another woman. She breaks up with her boyfriend Goes on in life, ends up meeting an amazing guy, and her life goes on. Then goes back and plays the other scenario. She gets home. The girl has already left. She never knows. She marries the boyfriend, and he spends a lifetime cheating on her and messing over her life because the door closed. And guys, you and I get this. Moments, decisions, whether I move to Texas or stay in Arizona, whether I take the job at Intel or stay where I am, that decision has the ability to change the trajectory of my life. My future, where I land, is different. How much different if that decision is based on sin? My future is at risk. My family is at risk. Guys, This almost ought to go without saying, because if I were to do a poll in here today, if I were to say, hey, raise hands. Every person in here who would say to me, look, there's been a moment, there's been a time in my life where somebody, not me, somebody else, somebody I was close to, a relative, a friend, made a decision, a bad decision, a lousy decision, and I still live with the consequences of their decision, and I had nothing to do with it. My parents divorced, and I still ache over that. Uh, My dad was addicted to gambling, and I can't even tell you the financial crisis of my entire... Someone else made a decision, and you still live with the weight of it. See, here's... It's why Scripture says the sins of the father, the sins of the mother are visited even to the second and third generation. And what you need to know is you're Families at risk. And what you decide to do with your sexuality, are you ready for this? Will be visited. Some of you guys know my story. My great-grandmother married and divorced three times. Now, you got to back this up. She's married and divorced three times back in the 1920s. Now, think that way back. culture. You didn't divorce for any reason in the 1920s. My grandmother divorced, great-grandmother, divorced three times. Gives you a little idea. Her daughter, my grandmother, married and divorced three times. Anybody surprised? Based on what my grandmother grew up seeing, what you do when life gets hard and when marriage isn't going quite the right way, that you run and. Be- Are you surprised that my grandmother, my great aunt, my grandmother's sister, married and divorced 13 times? There's two more men we're not sure if she was ever married to. Are you surprised? See, the sins of the father, the sins of the mother are visited onto the second and third generation. My dad, when things got tough in his marriage, took off on my mom. Surprised? He learned it honest. And so are yours. And, guys, if you decide to live this area of your life, the sexual area of your life, out of bounds, you tell me how your sons are going to treat the women in their lives after they've watched how you handle lust in yours. Tell me how your daughters are going to respond to men if the only way they believe they can get the attention of men is by giving them their bodies. Second and third generation. Your families are at risk your faith is at risk. Your faith will be forever changed by what you decide to do with this. You get that every temptation, every decision to sin or not to sin is ultimately the same question. Do I trust God to fill my needs? It's that same question. Do I trust God to come through to fill my needs, or do I need to put my own hand in and fix this because God can't be trusted? It is the question for every sin. It is the question in every temptation. If I brought you a bowl of ice cream, two little scoops of ice cream, put it in front of you, and I said to you, here's the deal. I'm going to leave the room right now. I'm going to leave you here alone with the bowl of ice cream, two little scoops. Here's the deal. If you won't eat the two little scoops, I'm coming back in 10 minutes with a huge mountainous bowl of homemade ice cream with chocolate oodles on top. But you got to trust me that I'm coming back. And here's the answer. What you do with the little bowl Depends on what you believe about me. Am I coming back with the big bull? Or am I walking back in the room and going, Ha! You dummy, you believe me, I'm taking your little bowl. Ha ha! And if you believe that God is a little bowl taker, <laughs> that's a theological term, okay? That, that what God is doing, He's just saying, Look, 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 no, 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 I've got these guidelines, I've got these things I'm asking you to do in your sexual life. And and if you believe that all you're ever going to have is the little bull and that God's ultimate thing is because he's the world's greatest killjoy is that he's going to come back and go, ha, 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 and take back the little bull, then you better grab the little bull. You you better go figure out some way to get yourself fulfilled sexually. But if you believe that God's coming back with the big bull, that, that no matter how hard it may seem, how impossible it may look right now, that God is going to be able to take care of you. See, ultimately this whole issue boils down to what you believe about God. And if you spend a lifetime saying, no, 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 this is up to me and I got to grab the little bull and I don't believe God, I don't trust God, he never comes through for me, I don't, you realize that every one of those decisions fractures your relationship and your belief in God. Your faith's at stake. And there are some of us in this room, and you know that I'm telling you the truth, because you've, you've lived with porn, and you've, you've gone this other way, and you've started relationships, and you've slept with the guy. And the truth is, even as you sit here today, you struggle, struggle, struggle to connect with God, because you're a little, bold believer. My future's at stake. My family's at stake. My faith is at stake. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish when the moment of temptation came, when we were sitting there, we are saying to ourselves, it's just 30 minutes on the internet. It's just a DVD. It's just a conversation. I know I'm married, but it's just a conversation. That in that moment, you and I would stop long enough to say, Satan, I know what this is. And Satan, you are not going to steal my future. You're not going to change the director of my life. Satan, you are not going to steal my family. I am not going to have this visited upon my children. Satan, you are not going to steal my faith because I believe in a big bull God. And if you and I could pause just long enough to say that out loud. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. A little weird. Don't think about it. If you think about it, then you won't do it, especially the guys. So don't think about it. Here's what I'm going to do. We're going to say that out loud together, okay? We're just going to say it out loud. Okay, you ready? Satan, Satan, you will not steal my future. future. Satan, Satan, you will not steal my family. family. Satan, Satan, you you will not steal my faith. I like that. What if if we, just as the children of God, just simply said, no, 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 that is our answer to temptation. Last step. James chapter 1, verse 14, but each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed, and then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is full grown, it gives birth to death. There's more at stake here than you think. Southeast Asia. There's these monkeys. Pretty incredible monkeys. They can can jump like 30 feet from tree to tree. And so graceful, so splendid as they jump, that they look like they appear as if they're flying. Thus they are called flying monkeys. They're highly prized by the local tribesmen for their brains. Not because they think well, but because they taste good. The big question is, how do you catch a flying monkey? I mean, they live in literally just packs of hundreds. They see you coming from forever. They yell out obnoxiously, and then they to the other trees. How do you catch a flying monkey? Not as hard as you think. The tribesmen have actually come up with an absolutely ingenious way to catch a flying monkey. You take a coconut. You cut a hole in the top of the coconut, just big enough for a monkey to slide his hand in. On the other end of the coconut, you attach a chain, and you attach that to a stake. And then here's what you do. You walk out to the monkeys, full view. They see you doing it. You drive the stake into the ground. And then you drop into the coconut little pieces of hard candy and shiny pieces of paper. Walk away. Because here's what you know about every monkey they're curious. They're going to get closer than they ought to get. And when they finally get over that coconut and pick it up and rattle it around for a minute, down inside, guess what they see? Hard candy. And little pieces of shiny paper. And guess what the heart of the monkey says? I bet you I'll never be happy again without that piece of candy. I'll bet you my life in the jungle will be so incomplete if I don't have that shiny paper. And the monkey slips his hand in, grabs the piece of candy, and now he's got a fist. And guess what he can't do? Get his hand out. Hours later, the hunter comes walking back in full view of the monkey. Guess what the monkey won't do? Won't let go. He'll pull, he'll scream, he'll jump around, but he won't let go. Hunter keeps walking up. Death is walking. Guess what the monkey won't do? The hunter walks up, bashes the brains out of the monkey. And guess what the monkey won't do? You and I have got a choice. Life, death. But Lynn, you just don't get it. You, you don't get how deep this is in me. You, you don't get how much this shiny piece of candy means to me. Life. Death. Life. Death. What are you going to do? See, so here, here's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping every single young lady in this room will make a decision today. And that she will say, I will never, 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 never again go to the little bed. I don't care how gorgeous that guy is. I don't care how great. I will never, never, never again go to the little bed. I'm hoping every single one of us in this room who has to say, you know what, Lynn? I know, I know, I know, I'm living on the edge. It's why I go for a while. I'm doing pretty good. I don't have the blocks on my computer. I've still got the cable channels coming. I know. I Life, death. I'm hoping every one of us in this room that's already started the conversation with somebody other than our spouse and we feel our hearts turning. Life, death. That each one of us that's in this room says, you know what? You don't want to know what's in my closet at home. You don't want to know what I got tucked under the bed or what's in the end table. Life, death. And you and I get to decide. There's more at stake than you realize. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we simply come to the moment. We simply say, God... (laughs) We need courage, 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 courage. Because we hear the footsteps of the hunter. And there's a choice. It's a choice between life and death. And we're going to make it in the next few minutes. Give us courage. In Jesus' name. Amen. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask us to do something different. I want you to ask us to just stand. And all through this series, and maybe especially today, God's been speaking to your heart. I don't, I don't even know what he's speaking about. You, you may be in this room, and you just say, Lynn, I, I'm one of those people in the curiosity stage. I'm one of those people who's living just a little bit reckless, and I, I haven't put the safeguards in my life, and, and I know it. I, I'm dating who I shouldn't be dating. I, I've got the channels coming into my house. I shouldn't have my computers unblocked. And I get it. God's just asking me to do that next thing. Get serious about this. Some of us in this room would say, Lynn, I've already started getting lured, started nibbling around this stuff. Pretty sure the hook is somewhere close. Some of us would say, No, I've already, the hook is set. And I've got I've got porn in my home that I need to throw away. I've got relationships that I've started I have no business having. I've gone places, I've seen things, and I know what God's saying. Life. Death. So here's what we're going to do today. I don't know what God's speaking in your heart. I don't know what the decision that He's asking you to do. I'm just asking you to have the courage to do it to do the next thing we're going to sing and I'm going to ask you to have enough courage to get out of your seat to come to the front and just say I'm choosing life I'm choosing that I'm going to win this issue in my life I will not lose this battle I will not lose my future I will not lose my family I will not lose my I will win this battle I choose life today and I am bold enough I am serious enough about this that I don't care who sees. I choose life I'm done I'm done And I want everybody to know. And those of you that are here with somebody, they come forward, don't ask. It's not your business. It's theirs and God's. And it may be as simple as just going home and saying, I'm calling Cox. It's their business. We're going to sing, you come. Let's mean business.